Hello, hello. Welcome back to For Book's Sake. I am Heather Roberts, and with Uh, me... I am Veronica Adams. And we are here from 1852 Media, and we are going to be talking today about AI, artificial intelligence. And yeah, so Veronica and I are both licensed attorneys in different states. Uh, We no longer practice law, but... You know, and you let's can, be clear, we are not your lawyers. Correct. We are not, this is not legal advice. We are not your lawyers. This is us having a conversation because we cannot turn the legal parts of our brains off when we talk about yeah. AI in the publishing world. Absolutely. Um, and let me just, we'll, we'll put it out there. So I am not opposed to AI in some situations. I think it's layered. Um Nuance. Nuance. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's the favorite lawyer reply. It depends. It depends. (laughs) Uh, Whereas Veronica has a bit more of a healthy skepticism, shall we say? Yes. Um, So just in the interest of full transparency, Heather Heather plays with AI. I I do. I do not. I do not. I have not opened that door for myself professionally or personally in any of my hobbies. but I am paying attention and I'm consuming a lot of information and I remain a very healthy skeptic as of now. Yes. So from just from my playing with AI, here's what I will take away. I will give you my, my insights. AI can be a very useful time-saving tool occasionally. However, AI can also be a freaking moron. Mm. Like literally after, I don't know, I'm talking about like chat GPT specifically. I've also played around with um, some grant uh, writing AI programs uh, for a nonprofit that I'm involved with. Um, And it just, it gets dumb. Um, It it gets gets dumb. It's a reflection of what the humans give it. (laughs) It starts making shit up half the time. So you can't just... I very much, um, you know, if you are, I'm cautioning people, if you are just putting something into an AI generator and then thinking that what you're going to get out of it is going to be ready for public consumption, hard, hard no. No, it is not. You need to use your human eyes and read them with your human brain and do some critical thinking skills and decide uh, whether that is, a, you know, perfectly acceptable to go out uh, into the public, you know, universe or not. Right, right. I mean, there was recently a, um, not book publishing, but there was, there was recently a lawyer who decided to skip a couple steps and submitted a brief that was, this was all the rage in the lawyer channels. Yeah. Uh, submitted a brief that was completely generated by AI. And citing cases that didn't exist. Yeah. The AI just made up to support the argument made in the brief. Yeah. Talk <sighs> about, oh my God, my stomach drops literally just thinking about that situation. Like, oh my God. I the know. judge raked this attorney over the coals. You, you can you can just light these three things on my wall back yeah. here on fire in that scenario because at that point you, your license oh, yeah. in jeopardy. Your reputation with the bench, with all of the judges that you appear before, absolutely in the to- in the toilet. Trashed. So like trashed. Just find something else to do, like we did. Right. 
Yeah, like your credibility is gone. Yeah. So to think that AI is going to be replacing lawyers, or if you are trying to use AI to give you legal advice, don't do that. Um, Be wary. It um, might give you small nuggets of good information. It might also make up case law that does not exist. (laughs) So... And that's the same problem uh, that we're running into in in the book publishing industry. At yes, times. yes. Um, our, our beloved authors, and and I know everybody has a different opinion about this. Some of them have have they have dived headfirst into using these tools, which is great. Yeah. yeah. No issue as long as you understand the issues. So, so there are a couple kinds of AI generators. So there's a mm-hmm. text creation AI. That's what ChatGPT is. Um, Or Bard, for example, although Bard is changing a little bit. That's Google's AI. Um, So, well, let's talk about ChatGPT. So with ChatGPT, you have to give it a text prompt and then it will give you a text answer. There are limitations on the information that is being pulled from um, ChatGPT. So anything, I think it stops at like 2020 or 2021 with information that it can go and pull from. So that's a big, Hey, you need to know that too. Cause anything in the past two years is not going to be showing up as a reply on chat GPT. Right. Um, So you can't go and ask it, for example, to give you a list of, you know, book talkers that have had this hashtag in the past, uh, you know, two months. Right. Not now, if it could do that, that'd be a very useful tool now, wouldn't it be? That would be lovely. But you can ask it to do that. It's going to pull old information. Right. And that is then not very useful any longer. Um, <clears throat> so if you're using it for something like that, very time efficient, useful tool, right? That is fantastic. Scrubbing the internet for data. Love to see it. Yep. But... When you're then asking it complex questions or having it try to do something complex, you then run into the risk and creating new things. That's when it starts to get a little hairy because you have to remember it's pulling from somewhere. What are the sources that it is pulling from? Right. Um, So if all of these AI generators, they're pulling from somewhere. I think that the text ones are a little less legally complicated than the image ones. I don't know. I mean, I guess they're probably the same legal issue. I just look at it very differently. I don't know. Sure. 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 Um, So for me, the text ones, okay. If you are putting in, this is my opinion, my opinion only. If, If you are putting in words that you created, in an outline form or in some sort of long summary form. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are then asking it to give you a first draft of that, basically reformatting the information that you put in into a different format. That is very different to me from a legal perspective than if you say, write me a first chapter of a book about X, Y, Z in the style of insert author here. Right. Two very different things. Yeah. One is blatant, you know, essentially plagiarism or stealing or create is what you've created is potentially new, unclear, 
Because where did they pull from? Right. Well, and how many instructions did you give the AI in terms of changing specific elements, right? So like, I think about some of the most scandalous plagiarizing (laughs) cases that we have been witness to in the indie publishing community and how oftentimes what happens when someone gets caught doing that is because they've taken whole passages. Yeah. Um, multiple sentences, multiple paragraphs, and sometimes they will only change one or two details, the names of characters or somebody's physical identification, a different eye color, a different height or a different skin color or, you know, whatever. Um, They'll rename a location, but it'll, you know, it'll be the same. They're, they're going out on a date to the bar. The bar has a different name, but it's still a bar. Right. Um, And if you're going to use AI, to write something in the style of another author or any author for that matter, are you also giving the AI the instructions to change the details too? Right. Right. Is it mosaic plagiarism? Exactly. Um, You know, I had knowledge of a situation. I'll be very vague here um, in which an author was alleging uh, that another author had done not with this was before AI, but had mm-hmm. done essentially mosaic plagiarism of her title. And it was a little hard to follow, but also potentially, ah, what's the word? Convincing. There we go. Mm-hmm. When you looked at the evidence in the totality. However, when it was presented to the courts, the court did not understand. <laughs> what was happening because in the court's perspective you have to remember courts are ancient tribunals (laughs) they and those that sit upon the bench are usually not very um progressive uh think of them like congress right when you know technologically unskilled technologically of a certain generation yes yes And so presenting them with any sort of technologically savvy, uh, plagiaristic style argument often does not land where you hope it's going to land. Um, And for for that particular author, it did not land where she hoped it was going to land. Right. Um, And, you know, it's, it's a little concerning for our industry as to what is going to be considered plagiarism and what is not right. going to be considered right. plagiarism. Are, are you asking some sort of technology <clears throat> to create something and then it does what you've asked it to do, but it draws on sources that you don't, I mean, that you don't understand it has access to. It takes full passages from another work. Right. Um, from any work, not just published books. I mean, you know. Yeah. Stealing Stealing, borrowing, and inserting phrases from blog posts. I mean, anybody's creative original work. It does not matter. And that also goes to the question of if people stop creating the original work, Mm -hmm. what is eventually going to then be the sources of the new work that is being created? So if people are only using AI to create work and no original work is being written and created, Mm -hmm. then at some point there's going to be a dried up source, you know, yeah, bucket to pull from. Going to have a lack of material because it's all been done before and there's nothing new 
and original. To draw from or to teach the AI to try and create. Right. Um, that's, that, a, that's a philosophical problem with AI, is, if you ask is. me. Because you, you will eventually remove all human creativity from the process. And, you know, some people can't imagine even that being a possibility because human creativity is so vibrant in many people's, Uh you know, worlds. And for that, I mean, thank goodness. Um, But at the same time, if your work is constantly being stolen or repurposed or whatever. Right. um, It's going to suck the creative creative spirit out of you too. Sure. Um, I think... I think it's a good segue into images. So image yeah. creation, sure. I think is more problematic at this particular point because I'm not sure of legal commercial uses that you can use that tool for. So right. like for ChatGPT and other creator, you know, text creation tools, I see a lot of completely legal you know, commercial use style use of that tool. Right. There's there's options there. But when you're looking at mid journey and you're asking it to create you a book cover or some other commercial product that you're then going to go sell a marketing banner or any sort of promotional image that you are going to use in a commercial way. I don't see how there is any legal application of using that style of image creation in a commercial manner. I, I don't see it. Am I missing something? Like, I- Well, okay, so we don't necessarily know what licenses are, are accessible by the artificial intelligence, right? So like there could be a database of licensed images. Could be. Um, that That's- we are just unaware of. But... What's to stop the AI from becoming informed enough to go beyond the parameters of the images that it has access to with a license and to scour the internet, any database that's available to it for images that it doesn't have licenses for. Right. And I think images I mean, that were created and that are owned that, that are the intellectual property and the artistic property of real human beings. From the current state of examples mm-hmm. I've seen, um, it, it it's essentially the wild wild west. Um, there does not seem to be any seems, limitations. Yeah, seems to be put yeah. upon it. I mean, if it was just if it was limited somehow to being only able to be able to be pulled from licensed uh, stock art, for example, to create a new stock art thing, and then you're paying yeah. a, a license fee for that image. That is potentially doable. Uh, that's just not what's happening. Midjourney right. claims that they can provide you with a license for an image, but I don't see how they're making that claim legally. I well, so their license for the image that Midjourney creates, or licenses yes. for all of the images that Midjourney drew from to create the final product that you requested, because. Those are two completely different licensing issues. Well, exactly. So I, for one, don't want Midjourney's license because it's not worth the paper it would be printed on (laughs) without the license for all of the images that went into the Midjourney creation in the first place. I mean, I look at it as a book cover designer who's like a traditional one, right? Like one who's Mm -hmm. using actual thoughts and, uh, you know, images to create it. 
you have They're, to go. Who's relying on their human creativity? Yes. So you have to go out and purchase those licenses for those images that you're using to then mm-hmm. smoosh together in whatever pretty way um, to make that final book cover that looks nothing really like any of those individual images. It's a conglomeration of all of them, right? Right. But you've had to go out and purchase the licenses for all those individual images in order to create that final one product image. Yeah. And then that artist now can create a license to the author and provide that license to them for whatever that term is. Um, And you know, trans, whatever the terms are, that is a completely legal way that has been occurring for years and years and years of, of doing book covers, for example. So when you're trying to skip over that and go to an AI tool to do that, and you're getting that license, quote unquote, from that mid journey, for example, right? Without when you know that they have not received any of the licenses from the individual images that made up that final image, then there's absolutely no basis legally that I can see. Um, And I don't think a court is going to be able to find one either um, for, for a valid that makes that final license a valid one. I I just don't see it because there are simply legal principles in play here that do not exist in that scenario. Um, So that's, you know, as an author, that means that you shouldn't be making anything (laughs) using these image generation creators that you're using for your business. You shouldn't do it. With one caveat, if you are an, if you are an experienced intellectual property attorney and you have some sort of nuanced understanding of this, you might be able to take the risk if you're prepared to to defend it in court. But yeah, for the rest of us, the last thing I want is someone suing me for stealing their stuff because that that's a financial morass that I can't get out of and recover my business, you know? Yeah. Um, And you know, the, the plagiarism case I was thinking of earlier, the author in question um, indicated that she, they had, she had trusted a ghostwriter who had let her down and engaged in these completely unacceptable, unethical, illegal practices. Um, and it ruined her career. She disappeared into the ether. Most of her books have been unpublished from all of the retailers where they were originally available for sale. And there are only a handful of her books still out there, I think in maybe paperback format or something. And the reviews are reflective of what happened. Right. Um, yeah. The the indie book community does not forget. No, no. And no. stealing is really not tolerated. It's really all. not. And so, I mean, I've seen a lot of uptick of cover designers trying to use AI in their cover Mm -hmm. art. And I just have to really, really (laughs) just sort of suggest maybe you don't. Side Um, eye. Side eye. Side eye. Until we have something more conclusive as to the legalities of, you know, the intellectual property that's being used in the creation of these images, big side eye. Uh, because it's just not worth it. It's not worth getting slapped with a lawsuit 
and proceed at your own risk. Yeah. I, I just don't see it being worth it at all. Right. Well, and, and, just me. and, and to that end too, I, I for one don't want to see the industry become completely devoid of the element of human creativity. Like I totally agree. If AI can be, well, I, we, we rely on AI in more ways than I appreciate. So I claim to be a healthy skeptic, but then I use scheduling software for emails right. and social media posts. And that really is technically a very, very limited form of AI, right? Like predictive I'm, text is technically AI. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it does help administratively yeah. but i would hate to see ideas lost stories never written and published the same old tropes recycled again and again and again you know blurbs and synopses looking all identical yeah. you know yeah cover design oh gosh every every what 18 months to two years, there is a cycle of like new design and a new aesthetic and a new direction for covers in most genres. Yeah. There are some genres where design stays pretty much the same, but especially in romance. And that's always new trends. Yeah. That's from human creativity, not because an algorithm and a bunch of, of code said, this is what you should like, you know? Um, and I would hate to see the industry lose all of that just because everyone started yeah. messing around with AI. And just to be clear, so we talked about this a little bit on the last episode at the tail yeah. end when we were teasing this one. Um, but Photoshop, like I was saying, just came out oh, with their yes. beta. Yes. yes. And that is, see, that, that I view as totally different for a couple of reasons. One, it's an editing software. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a generation software. It right. is meant to edit a photo that you already have in order to make it better or a different size or more complete or what have you. The assumption is you have some sort of legal right to be using that photo, right? It's either Correct. your original photo that you took or it's a photo that you've licensed or it's a stock photo that doesn't require, it's open use. There is no right. license required. So I think um, if, if you're a book cover designer and you are, you know, using that uh, Photoshop and you use that tool and you have a photo that you need just like, cause this happens a teensy bit more on this side on whatever, or then that yeah, side. Yeah. I think creating that or removing someone from the background with, mm-hmm. you know, two, two types in a click. It, that's totally legit. I see those as more legitimate uses of that type of AI technology. Absolutely. Um, and that can be used for commercial use because you're not then adding something that you don't know where the source is from. That's right. my problem is where you don't know the sources. Everything goes back to mm-hmm. where's the source from. Right. Um, if you are with uh, the Photoshop one, they're taking the photo that you have and then usually creating something um, from pieces of that photo. Now, of course, you can use it where you are adding things into it. But then I think you need to question where is that coming from? Right. Well, it's the difference between um, delegating creativity and enhancing it or accelerating right. it. Right. So 
in a lot of the text generation scenarios that we've talked about, you're literally delegating the creativity to the AI. You're asking, you're, you're giving it whatever instructions and parameters and expecting it to do the actual creation. With this new Photoshop tool, you're still the one with the aesthetic eye here designing right. and telling the AI to do X, Y, and Z to make it look a specific way. And that's really accelerating your creativity, especially if you're not a Photoshop savvy person. Adobe right. products are complicated. And if you don't have a lot of experience with them, yeah, you miss out on, I would say, 90% of what they have to offer. Unless you are someone with a graphic design background, a degree, or some experience in the industry, and you're really well-practiced with the software. So AI making that more accessible to people, I think is great. I agree with you completely on that point. I mean, I really feel like where this is going to help, the industry it's going to help the most is probably photographers. Wedding photographers, for example, family photo, portrait photographers, all of that, because... Mm -hmm. If you can take an image that you have and enhance it uh, into a banner size with one click or, sure. you know, take out some of the elements from the background that just happened to flop into your photo, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to change and help you edit your photos so much quicker. Yeah. Um, and I mean, speaking of AI, I'm going to be dropping these podcast video episodes into a program that has some AI powerment to it that is going to pull out the most engaging pieces for uh, social media placement. We hope. We hope. We haven't used it yet. We're going to try. We but, hope they're the most engaging anyway. But but that's, yeah. a, a, you know, a use of AI that is awesome. That is that a is... efficient time saver. Right. Absolutely. And we're not asking the AI to generate the content for the podcast. It's not telling you and I what to discuss or how to discuss it or what points to make. We're simply using it to edit the clips down for social media sharing. Totally different. Yeah. Again, another, I think, safe, air quotes, safe use of this particular technology. So like AI is not all bad. I think it's it's like the internet when the internet first came about, right? Everybody was like, yeah, the the internet is going to ruin the world. And I mean, I guess it sort of has, but um, at the same time, (laughs) it's also created a lot of good too. There's good with bad. And so we're at that point with AI right now where there's a lot of people who probably, I mean, don't like change. That's, there's that but also are very hesitant about this because they don't know where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's a matter of looking at it and saying, Hey, there's good with the bad always with every new technology, technological advancement. How can we use this in a legal way that is going to enhance my business? Mm -hmm. um, That is going to make my life more efficient, right? Uh, Make it better for me. And there's always going to be bad actors and bad players. I mean, I think about at any time there's a set of rules to be followed. And listen, there's not a lot of rules with AI right now. So that's part of the problem. That's most of the problem. Um, but anytime there's a set of rules to be followed, people will find a way to snake their way around it or under it or over it. Or they will look for those of loopholes. It's the human condition. Yeah. I mean, I think about Kindle stuffing when, oh, when that was a thing. Oh, Lord have mercy. 
I had forgotten, not really, but you know, like that one was like way in the back of my mind. Yeah, of course. The Kindle stuffing days. Kindle stuffing days. So Kindle stuffing was in Kindle Unlimited, but you get paid per page. So the longer that um, your book is, the more um, that somebody has to read, the more pages, uh, the you, the more you get paid. Right. And so people would do what we called Kindle stuffing. So they would put their new book, um, this was one way to do it, at the very end of their, t- of their book, they would stuff the book full with all of these old titles that were very long in, in the first, you know, pieces of the book. Yep. <laughs> and create a link that you could skip to the back to read that new title, which was really what they were releasing. And so by doing so, that person essentially read all of the pages, you know, the 600 pages of the prior title, just to get to the new title, read right. the like, and these books were not very long, read the like 40 pages, 50 pages of the new book. And then, uh, you know, the author gets paid for like a 700 page book. Right. When it was really like 50 pages. I'm just, you know, making things easier for numbers, but that's essentially what was happening. Yes. Um, and that's what's going to happen with every new technology that's available. Correct. So that that's sort of my point. Like, and then Kindle, the Amazon finally, you know, did away with that practice and it became illegal in Amazon's terms of service. Like, right. Right. Against their terms of service. There are some author brands out there that have been deplatformed by Amazon and are no longer allowed to publish there because they were, Kindle found stuffing. to be in violation of the terms of service for doing this practice or some other practice that was, you know, yeah. violative of the there, TOS. There was that author that put a giveaway for a Tiffany's bracelet in the end of his book. And uh, yep. that was another one. They had to, yep. the only place that you could get the link to enter for this giveaway was like at the three quarter mark of the book. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, also now against Amazon's terms of service. It's just like any other... <laughs> anything else people are going to do things and then that's why we can't have nice things that's why things get taken (laughs) away it's you're not wrong though but that's that is the human condition if you put up a roadblock if you tell me what the rules are i'm gonna look for a way to make it easier for myself yeah and work my way around it exactly I mean, that's why exactly. when you get a product and it's, you know, for hair gel, it says it's not an oral product and you're not supposed to eat it because somebody right. did. Like, it's just, those are, <laughs> these are the types of things that happen. Um, so I think with AI specifically, try to use it in a conscientious moral way that isn't going to get you in hot water later. Right. And, you know, know that there aren't any rules right now. Um, but also don't necessarily be afraid to use it if it's going to enhance your business in some way. Right. And right. you know, you you're doing it in a way that you feel is is ethically sound. If you have a That's, sound argument that you could make for why you're using it the way you're using it. Yeah. You know. I think that's the key. You have to you have to have a good sense of what is and isn't acceptable in the industry. Um, right. A baseline knowledge of what is and isn't legal in terms of what you do for a living or what you're doing with your business, if it's not your primary source of income. Um, and then you, you let those things be your guide as you're making decisions about how to enhance either your administrative practices or your creative practices. Right. Um, with 
AI and what it has to offer in terms of making your life easier. If, if you have doubts, maybe you hold off, you know, if something doesn't feel quite right, if you have questions that you can't satisfactorily answer, maybe, maybe you don't go down that path or try that particular use. But like you said, if you can make a solid argument in defense of saving time, um, yeah. Or any anything else that enhances your ability to be productive or to be creative, because those are not always the same thing. Exactly. Um, go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think as long as the the product, if you would a hand in the creativity of what you're inputting into the AI generator, mm-hmm. um, and then you're just asking it to do a different format for you or do yep. something, you know fine, you know, do it. If you're asking it, if you're asking it to write a letter for you, you know, and that's, or an email, use it for administrative purposes like that. Great. Use it to, use it to replace us. I mean, and and I don't mean that in, in, in like the sense of torpedoing our business, but I think about, okay, I, I'm weird. I like writing blurbs and I understand this because I'm not an author and I understand why authors hate to blurb their own books. You're too close to the story. You're emotionally invested in the entire plot. There are so many things that happen from cover to cover that you don't know what you should use for marketing. And sometimes you're invested in things that maybe don't help with the marketing that are more like the reader should just discover it in the process of reading the book. But in any event, you don't like writing blurbs. I have multiple clients who literally will just send me plot points and character descriptions and be like, Veronica, please just blurb this for me. And I, yeah, I do it. And it's a collaborative process. I send a first draft. They edit the things they don't like or the things that don't fit the plot. And then they send something back to me and we keep going until we're both satisfied that this book, this blurb represents the book and is also good marketing copy. And when we reach that point, we're done. And that's the blurb that gets used until it's time to freshen it up and rewrite it again later on down the road because the market changes. Use AI for that. Write your own first draft blurb. Give it to AI to freshen up. Yeah. That's perfect. If you don't have a Heather or a Veronica in your life. But also just as a, you know, caveat, make sure you read the thing and, uh, you know, make sure that they didn't like replace the names of your characters with some something else or at a plot oh, point that you didn't create. That's all. See, I just, I just assume people are going to practice their own quality control, but that's a very I, good point. Like just you, you have to there. read, you have to read that final product from the AI and you know, yeah, maybe even put it into a search engine and Google the final product to make sure that it does not contain right. any sort of very popular phrases that might've been used elsewhere. That is very true because there is some, there has been of late a few blurb plagiarism situations. Yes. Which is just mind boggling. Silly. It's I so mean, silly. I just. I understand plagiarizing a book for short term gain, but a blurb is a just blurb, so like. I know. And go and look, go and look at the blurbs that are popular. Absolutely. Try to see why they're popular and mimicking a style is perfectly okay. Using a blurb word for word is not okay. Hire a consultant Mm. one time. There are people out there who are really, really, really good at writing blurbs. Yeah. Um, and, and for a fee, you can have their time. They will blurb a book for you. Some of them will blurb your entire catalog if you ask them to. Exactly. Um, you know. 
there's people out there to help. You yes. are not going at it alone, but, That's right. or try to use AI and try to see if that works for you. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely legitimate use of AI in the current state it's in, but just understand what, understand that you're playing with fire in a sense. I mean, yeah. this is uh, largely unregulated yes. and there are implications for certain uses that are not great for you or your business. Right. So as long as you have those things in the back of your mind, go forth. <laughs> right. Um, and use it. But yeah, it's, I think it's here to stay in whatever format it's going totally. to be in. Totally. Um, and we just have to figure out how we're going to, to use it to the best of our ability. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our discussion on AI for today. I take the lawyer hat off now. I know. Do you have a an evergreen marketing tip for us, Veronica? Oh hmm. my gosh, do I ever? Okay. okay. Evergreen marketing tip. No matter what your business is, whether you're an author, whether you sell things, whether you provide services, you need a way to directly communicate with your customers. And I think for me personally, that's email marketing right now and has been for years and will be for as long as email continues to be the cheapest and easiest way for us to communicate with each other. Totally. Newsletter. No, I don't, I don't care what you do. You should have some sort of newsletter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, I imagine it was uh, maybe more of a, a um, snail mail type type situation. Yeah, absolutely. Right? A client list where you could send people postcards or mailers about a catalog services. subscription, exactly you know, that sort of thing. Now we've you moved need to, to email be direct yeah. to the consumer somehow, and email continues yes. to be the quickest and most efficient way to do that. So, because if you don't it, have a newsletter, start one. If you do have a newsletter, put some time and effort into building it and using it right. Yep, and remember to back it up. Always. Always. Yes. So, well, until next time. And then, uh, what shall we talk about next time? I was thinking maybe, uh, what is romance? And we can dive Ooh, into an off the cuff tease. I wasn't prepared yes. for that. I think that's great. Yes. Let's that's do what I'm thinking. What is romance? What is romance? Because that industry has a lot of dips and curves and, uh, yeah. uh, you know. Sexy times and not sexy times. <laughs> mm, that's true. So we could talk about all that next time. And so. we have a lot of experience working with authors who write both in and out. So yes, exactly. Closed door and uh, non-closed door. Mm-hmm. So in your face, if you will. <laughs> exactly. The good, the good stuff. The good stuff. The book talk stuff. Yes. So next time we will talk about what is romance. So join us next awesome. week. All right. See y'all then. Till then.